Are ye ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. <laughs> I really couldn't hear you that time. But, uh, oh. I, I, I can't yell because my parents are doing, or my, my mom and my sister are doing, like, the rosary in the next room. Oh. <laughs> so I don't want to, like, actually yell. Otherwise, I'd be okay. screaming. Okay. Well, <clears throat> um. Are oh. you ready, though, for another episode of Salem Station? No. Yeah, neither am I. Um, you mean I'm sit? You mean sit still for three hours and talking to a microphone? Uh, yes. yes, that is exactly what uh, we're gonna do today. Um, as I said, I did not come prepared today. Oh, I, oh, forgot the intro. Uh, hello and welcome to the Salem Station podcast, a show where we rank and review somebody's favorite horror movie. Because this one ain't mine, that's for sure, and this one ain't yours, I think, as well, right? That's a fat negative. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm your well, I'm, Robert. Hmm. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And we have yeah. no guests today. Because, frankly, nobody wanted to sit for three hours and talk about these three movies. We watched three. Oh. Back to back. Yes, not one. Not two. Three. Three mummy movies from three different generations. One from the 30s, which is the one that's on the list. That's the one I'm ranking. The one which the is 30s. entirely in black and white, by the way. Yes, it's in a black real, and white. A real old-timey film. Yep. And then we got the 90s version, which everyone has seen at one point or another. The good one. The one starring Brendan Fraser. And the, uh, the recent one with uh, Tom Cruise. Thomas Mission Cruise. Impossible himself. Is his name Thomas? Um, I probably did is you that know his that? legal name? What is his legal name? You know what? That's a good question. I do not I'm know. It up. Uh did you know that uh by the way, uh speaking about Tom Cruise, uh Mission Impossible, and I didn't know this. Thomas Cruise. Thomas Cruise. <laughs> Thomas and Cruise. Thomas. Um, no, it's not Thomason, it's just Thomas. It's just Thomas, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Cruise Mapother. What is that? Oh, I don't Roman numerals. Yeah, I V. Oh, the fourth. I'm stupid. Four. Yeah. That's that's a mouthful. That's that's probably why he just changed it to Tom Cruise. I'm a, I'm gonna refer to him from Thomas Cruise from now on. Uh, something something just Cruise. sounds yeah. Something just sounds more <laughs> elegant. Yeah. Uh, speaking about did you know that um, I didn't even notice until a couple of weeks back, but uh, Mission Impossible actually started off as a show from the '60s. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, it was a show. That blew my mind. The theme song. I thought the theme song was made for like you know the movie series, but that theme song has existed like back in my grandpappy's day. Yeah, and apparently I looked more into it. A majority of the old audience hated, (laughs) absolutely despised the movies. Yeah, because it was different. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not their mama's Mission Impossible. No, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I guess I'm it's kind of like greatly different. Like the GI Joe, like the, one from the, the original GI yeah. Joe, to like yeah. now, it's different. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, great action sequences, and I'm pretty sure, like, Mission, because like the Mission, the first, when you go back and watch the first Mission Impossible movie, it's not like the big action spectacle that the newer ones are, like where he's climbing the Burj Khalifa and like jumping out of planes. It's him doing like spy stuff, like infiltrating a building, you know. And I feel like that's what like the 
the TV show probably was like just like little spy. Yeah, it was like... more realistic. I guess it was. Yeah, it was a lot Not like Ethan Hunt just no, jumping no. off of things. It was really toned down because like I, that's just how movies were back then or shows, I guess. Like yeah. even Magnum P.I. wasn't that crazy. That big like, oh, man. Yeah, it was like, oh man, he went diving and then he popped up in a suit. Like that was the craziest thing. There, there wasn't, yeah, you know, climbing skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah, that's just funny. Anyways, um, if you want toned <laughs> down, fucking watch this movie. Holy shit, so slow. <laughs> I, I've never experienced the. This was the longest hour of my life. How long was the movie? It wasn't an hour. It was an hour and a half. It, it, yeah, something like that. Well, but it felt like a day and a half. Oh it, my it was, god! It was an hour and seventeen minutes. Because I it remember, it looked like they <laughs> handed the people the script, turned on the camera, and said, "Read it. Just, <laughs> just speak." Yeah. Like, like the it was literally just a camera pointed at people speaking. No music. Yeah. No, nothing. Now, now I realize how important music is to music movies. Music is to elevate a scene because yeah. there was just there was just fucking awkward pauses. Like, there's no uh-huh. one to be speaking, and you're like, okay, yeah, no, like, I, yeah, <laughs> that that movie. Okay, so uh, we're getting into it now. The so that movie came out 1931 or 32, one of those it, early 30s. It movies. is almost a hundred years old. This movie oh, is yeah? 91. Around ninety years old. Think about Alex, that. If, if you think that movie is boring, uh, I did mention to you that the next movie is also in black and white, but it's a silent film. It's way older than this. I, the thing is, uh-huh. I think silent films are more entertaining because they have they have to deal with the fact that there is no sound. Yes, there's uh, no talking. Well, there is sound, right? There's music. Yeah, there's music playing. There's like an orchestra or something. Yeah, but at least like symphony. At, ironically, the silent movies are never silent. This movie yeah. was. This movie had just points where Moments I of- I had to look at the screen and realize did my playing. internet just cut out? Like what happened? Because they would just be staring at each other, and I'm like, yeah. okay. No, yeah, that yeah. Um, but yeah, so this uh, this is the mummy, the and we the all know it's mummy. a yeah the classic, one of the most famous horror icons that you know that has ever existed. Was it's, was uh, this the first mummy movie? Yes, the first mummy oh. movie. Yeah, so um, this is the kind of the origin to it all. Mm-hmm. That's why I had us watch it. It's uh, one of the many of the universal classic monster movies. Um, this this is like the third in line because there was, I, I forget which comes first, but there was Frankenstein and then Dracula. And then this is the third one. Uh, both of which I think are uh, better than, well, obviously, because they're higher on the list than The Mummy. Um, yeah. I, when I, so I watched, <clears throat> I have six universal monster movies on this list. Dracula. Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and what was the other one? The Wolfman, right? I had watched these. I'd never seen these until like a year or two ago. Um, I was I was in I was in IDC, which is a building uh, at our school. 
Um, and I was building some models and I decided, hey, man, let me just binge watch all six of these. And there's just... <laughs> they're all old, right? But they're not boring like this. Like if you watch if this is the only Universal Monster movie you you see and you're you're going to be like, they're all like this. But no, like this is this is genuinely the most boring, the most uninventful of all of them. Frankenstein, Invisible Man, and Wolfman are really high on my list. Like they're, like they're really high, like surprisingly high. Um, but those are good. Those those are great. Man. This, but however, is not. This, yeah, uh, I uh, looked up uh, the making of this movie because I was curious on it. You're curious? Why would they? Why would they grace the world with this? Uh, Universal was kind of getting known for their horror, as I said, because of Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, for those of you who know anything about those two, you know that they're based off of books or novels, right? Oh, give me one second. I'm back. <laughs> I just hear the knocking. I will carry the show. So, Universal, right? Famous for their old-fashioned horror movies? Man, thank God that they did not start with this movie. I think back then it was pretty well received. I think it was pretty scary. But then again, you know, this is coming in the age. There wasn't color. Silent films weren't that long ago. So I guess it was pretty pretty scary back then. It does not match up to anything nowadays. I preferred the second movie that we watched. after the, We watched these three movies, by the way. No break. Just straight. Back to back to back. Like, the, well, the first movie finished, and Robert was like, hey, you want to watch the second one? Or the, the, I forgot, what's it called? The 90s movie movie? And we're like, yeah, sure. And we watched it, and then we finished watching that movie. And at this point, I was kind of tuckered out. Uh, and then Robert says, hey, you want to watch the Tom Cruise one? And I figured, yeah, I could use some mindless drawl. So... I, I watched that movie technically, but my mind was not in that movie. And after watching the Tom Cruise movie, we just kind of sat back and realized, man, they milked this movie. <laughs> they milked this poor movie. And it's a real shame because it was the Tom Cruise movie that ended up killing the entire kind of revival that Universal had planned. They planned to revive the entire series of this, of uh, the monsters and i think they call it the dark dark universe and it's such a shame that they started with this movie arguably arguably the worst of the old monster movies so of course it kind of tanked i guess they got kind of false confidence from the earlier mummy movies but damn oh they, the movie just I... kept getting worse and worse oh hey robert hey i was just oh, talking i didn't about, know if you were yeah i was just talking about the the death of the monster universe the universal universe and how mummy single-handedly killed all dreams of that (laughs) you talking about the thomas thomas cruise one yeah i was talking about how (laughs) how how it bombed and basically killed off all hopes of reviving the monster universe and just like wondering why did they start with that movie arguably the worst received of the original movies like okay so i'm pretty sure back then people loved it but like nowadays, yes. it's it's not. It's like the I least think it's boring light. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know why though? And that's no, the reason I honestly why I don't. Watched. It's because of the '90s one. Yeah. No, that's what that's what I said. I I said I think they had false oh, yeah. confidence. I think they got oh, false no, yeah, confidence. They, 
hell had false confidence. I was also Cause... telling him how uh, you forced me to watch the movies. You finished the first movie. You're like, hey, you want to watch the other one? I was like, yeah, sure. And then we finished <laughs> that one. You're like, hey, you want to watch the other one? I was like, oh, God, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they each it's funny because each of these first two mummy movies have their own legacies. You get to the third one, <laughs> it's just a destroyed it's universe, just dead. it's just dead in the water. That's its legacy, yeah. Th- Fire and like... brimstone. That's it. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, that original, that original mummy movie, though. Um, what was I saying about it again? Oh, yeah. So, as as mostly everyone knows, Dracula and Frankenstein are based off of novels or books, right? And I've read, well, I've read Frankenstein. I'm currently reading Dracula, still on chapter five for like the past three months. It's a really good book. Really good. I actually prefer this over the Frankenstein book. Really good, but it's really dense and I'm kind of busy that I can't really finish it. But I also know that The Invisible Man is based off of a novel by H.G. Wells because I read that in high school. So I was like... Okay, three out of these six universal monsters are based off of some sort of written source material, right? My mind was like, the mummy seems like it would be based off of a book or a novel or something like that. And I was wrong. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) And it's funny because Universal saw the success of those first two monsters and they decided to go looking for a novel and a book to base their next horror movie off of. So they, they were like looking for novels, but they couldn't find any, at least any that they were like satisfied with. And the reason why they were looking for Egyptian horror was because not a decade prior, I think a little less, um, they had uh, uncovered, uh, and it was like what, big news at the time, they had discovered a uh, King Tut's tomb. Oh, that's right. And so, yeah, yeah, in the twenties, and so people were really up on like ancient curses. You know, you uncovered something ancient, something real, because like Dracula is like an ancient foe, right? He's he's lived who knows how many centuries, but this actual dead thing that they found is like thousands of years old. So they were like, we want something with the curse. We want something ancient we want something egyptian they wanted a horror movie with that had all of that but they couldn't find a novel to base their movie on so instead they based it on a guy and the guy's name is cogliostro and there's uh they decided to call the movie cogliostro i might be butchering that uh let me actually look up quickly what his full name is cogliostro alessandro say your name but instead of a j it's an s alessandro cagliostro he uh, spell it's strange that they didn't base it off king tut or a more famous mummy uh yeah yeah it's pretty strange actually that they didn't but um yeah that's pretty strange um but this guy i don't know if he's real or not i'm assuming he's like a sherlock holmes type of guy where it's like at one point when you're young, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure Sherlock Holmes was real. But then you realize, like, you know, he was just fake. Um, I'm guessing yeah. that's what this guy is. But he, it, I looked him up on Wikipedia, and he's an occultist, uh, an Italian adventurer. And he would sell, like, cursed, I guess, like, jewelry and alchemy and all, all those things and whatnot. 
Um, and so they actually, I looked this up, they have promotional artwork of this movie that is called Cagliostro. Like, like they were like adamant that this was their next horror movie. And they began changing things on the script to help, you know, make it their next big hit. They began changing things here and there, and they changed it so much that the guy's name ended up being Imhotep, and they ended up changing from a guy being an occultist to, like, some ancient Egyptian priest. And then eventually, Cagliostro just turned into the mummy. <laughs> yeah. So it just transformed into the mummy, but it was originally intended. And there's promotional artwork, if you look it up. There's, like, pink posters announcing this this movie that uh, never came to be. Um, you can look that up. It's interesting, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's how the mummy came to be. I thought it was based off a novel, off of a book. But, uh, but no, no it's it based isn't. off some random dude. Yeah, and even then, it's not even based off of him at the end. Uh, so it's based off of... So yeah, it's just its own thing now. And Emotep, actually, I think they got the name. I think Emotep was a real guy. But I think he was like an ancient Egyptian architect. I think he made one of the pyramids. Might be wrong. But I think that's where the name Emotep comes from. And Emotep is the name of our mummy. In two of the movies, at least. Um, We don't speak in the third. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. Yeah, no. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to. But yeah, we're going to have to. So you guys at home won't have to. So, Even though most of yeah, you've probably seen the movie. Yeah, and if you have A lot of people saw it. Yeah, and, and if you did, I feel bad for you. I'm glad I didn't go to the theaters to watch this, because I, I like the Universal Monsters. I'm fascinated yeah. by them. You no, know, they're, like, they're definitely like... good stories. Yeah, like... uh, even though they get the tales wrong. Like yeah, Frankenstein. Most, most, most often than not, <laughs> they get... Yeah. Uh, they, just, they just need good writers. As we'll talk about in the nineties. They just they just need good people behind They did they did to ancient monster tales what Disney did to fairy tales. Yeah. They made them popular. I mean there's a reason why like they made them popular and, and they made them are... more digestible. Cause oh my god, yeah. have you read the original Little Mermaid? Have you read that? I story? didn't even know I didn't even know it was based off of a story. Yeah. All of Disney's movies, what? most of them, like the classics, are based off oh. original stories. Uh, like folk tales, basically. I have the book. It's called Grimm's Brothers, the Grimm Brothers. They mm-hmm. they compiled the original stories. They actually, I think, bought some of the stories from the Grimm Brothers. Uh, well, I mean, spoiler, I guess, for this story that's hundreds of years. I don't know if it's hundreds of year, years old, but it's a really like old story. Um, yeah, no, the Little Mermaid ends with her killing herself in the ocean to save the prince. And like the, the ocean being filled with her blood and her like dissolving in sea foam. What the hell? Oh, Two and then Sleeping is... Beauty is even worse. Oh, God. Let's, let's just say the dwarves, they're not, they're oh, not no. as nice as they appear in the movies. Oh. Oh, and the prince, yeah. uh, the, the prince he didn't more than kiss her. as he seems. No, no, he did not. He's not very charming, and, and yeah, no, he's not very charming in the uh, in the original story. Mm. I recommend hey. you all look it up. It's curious. It's interesting. Uh, it will permanently scar you. You never be able to watch his movies the same again. Yeah. Uh, woof. <laughs> I did not know that actually. The more you know, yeah, you learn something new every day. 
on that note, we should probably switch to talking about the first movie that we watched. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The 30s uh, Mummy? 1930s? <clears throat> yeah, so when you think about the mummy, Alex, what's the image that comes to your mind? Dude wrapped in band-aids. Right. Bandages. But yes, the right idea, right? You know what's funny? In these three movies I were about to cover, for the majority of them, are the guys or gal wrapped in bandages i mean the last one a little bit well yes but like <laughs> yeah you know, no they're not emotep right but like that. it makes you think where did that concept come from that they're i'll wrapped tell in... you where that concept comes from it's Ooh. very it's glimpsed only in the beginning of the original one if you remember but the yeah. sequels to the mummy it's like what the mummy's hand the mummy's ghost and like other stupid mummy sequels for this that's what the concept is. It's the mummy bandaged up. Really? So the idea doesn't come from this original one, but rather the sequels to the original one. And it's the shuffling guy who has like just like his bandages are just dragging across the floor and he's like shuffling around. That's where that comes from. So yeah, it's pretty interesting if you know that's that's the image you have of a mummy, but when you watch the 90s version. It's not that when you watch this original version, it's not that except for like what, like a couple seconds at the beginning. Um, the guy who plays the mummy, his name is Boris Karloff. For those of you who know horror, he's the guy who portrayed Frankenstein in their prior movie, Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster, because some of y'all are like, well, you mean Victor Frankenstein? Uh, you know the classic image you have of Frankenstein where he's like the flat top head and the little bolts, you know, that little picture. The uh, classic, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the same guy who portrayed him, portrayed hit, portrayed the mummy Emotep in this movie, because he was a big hit after that movie. Because that movie was a big hit, um, and so they wanted him for this. And I'd say he's, I mean, he's pretty good with what he's given. Which no, yeah, much. he's good. He's good. Yeah, one of the few like decent actors in this movie. Uh, even though it doesn't really feel like acting, it feels like again they just turned the camera on some people and said have a conversation. Yeah, if you watch Frankenstein, which we will get to, but not anytime soon because time to list. Like, if comp- I want you to compare that acting of his and that, which came out before, so that's his earlier works, versus this, which I would say is he's much more uh, refined. You could tell the difference of like what he was given because in Frankenstein he's like moving around and like groaning and he's like adding character to the creature, but in this he's just standing around you know like reading lines off the script which you know it's not the ideal acting situation or environment but it was not i guess getting into the movie so the opening kind of the iconic part everyone knows he's got first initial like view of the mummies covered in bandages it's really it's really kind of weird because it doesn't make much sense i honestly didn't think we were watching the mummy movie i thought we were watching something else and you know what's funny out of all of them, I'd say this one, if you were to tell me a movie out of all the Universal Monster movies, which to not choose, like, they're all a horror, but which is the one you wouldn't say is horror? I would say this one. This one's more of, like, a romance. Yeah. It, like it, They really pulled a King Kong, or not a King Kong, they really pulled a, a Godzilla before Godzilla, the newest Godzilla, where it's just kind of, like, focusing on the couple. Yeah. It's basically yeah. this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's more of a romance, and horror is like, there's only like two minutes of horror in here, I guess. 
I don't know. But um, <clears throat> but when there is horror, I'd say it's pretty good. Like the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, they they have the tomb, the, the sarcophagus. Sorry, they're in, they're in Egypt and they uncovered this sarcophagus and the mummy Imhotep is in there. And he this is the only like moment where you see him bandaged up like that. Yeah. And you, it felt you very won't... Indiana Jones. Yes, like, it's funny you that, should bring that up. That cause... kind of that feeling of adventure, that feeling of like exploration. wonder. Yeah, wonder. Yes. We will definitely talk about that more in for the nineties movie. But for but like he's bandaged up here. Along with the sarcophagus, there's a box. And in that box, or uh, uh, inscribed on top of that box, is like something that sounds like, don't open up this box. Whoever opens this box up will be cursed. They'll have a curse upon them. And then so and they, they, like, they just read the curse, curse themselves, and then say, eh, screw it. And then open the box. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, there's like three guys there. And then it's like, I feel like it's like, I, I don't remember, because we watched this movie like two weeks ago. Uh, there's two scholars, I think, and there's like a like an intern or something. The two scholars are like, "Don't open up this box," and they walk out. I forget what they do. They walk out, and then it's the one guy by himself. <laughs> what does he do? He opens up the box, and uh, thus, I guess, implements a curse on him. Also, one thing I forgot to mention: they like, I think they'll mention this in all the movie movies, but like, there's like scratching on the inside of the sarcophagus because I guess. It was. It suggested that Emotep was buried alive, which is something you'll see in literally all these movies. But yeah, the guy opens up the box, and inside is something they call the Scroll of Thoth. I think Thoth. Thoth. I'm pretty sure it's Thoth. T-H-O-T-H. Yeah, it's Thoth. And that's where you see like the mummy in the sarcophagus, like slowly moving, like very slowly. You just see his hand like reach out for the scroll, and the guy starts like laughing maniacally. Like I would say that 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 laugh is pretty terrifying, because he's just like laughing his head off. And then the <laughs> hold on. and then you see the bandages shuffling off because it's implied that he's like walking away. The mummy's walking away after he took the scroll of thought. And then the guy's laughing. And the, the, the <laughs> I remember this. The two guys, the two scholars, uh, they rush in and they're like, "What? Well, like, what is it? What are you laughing for? Like." you're a bit off your rocker man what's are you okay and then they looked at the sarcophagus is empty and they're like what happened to him who who moved the mummy and then he he says and i quote he went for a little walk you should have seen his face (laughs) yeah unquote (laughs) he went for a little walk what the heck (laughs) yeah that part was pretty cool but the whole movie is not going to be that we're like I think it said that he loses his mind and he like gets sent to an asylum and he just dies. But then we pick up 10 years after. 10 year jump. And uh, they're at this. So they're, they're at another uh, ancient burial grounds and they're uncovering another sarcophagus. And they're like, oh, like who realized that this mummy body was here? Like this is the tomb of Princess Anxanamen. And they remove her from the princess, and they're like, "Well, it was our friend, Ardeth Bay. Ardeth Bay knew that this tomb was gonna be here, the tomb of Princess Anxanam." And I'm sorry for all like you're already confused with all these names: Imhotep, Anxanam, and Ardeth Bay. I was yeah, too when I was watching this. But Ardeth Bay is Imhotep, but like the ten mummy. years later, he changes. Yeah, his name. he's just yeah. chilling. 
<laughs> he's, and, he's just chilling among the yeah. people. He does not look like the bandaged guy, though. He he looks like a guy guy, like just a dude with like a hat on top. I actually put that on the thumbnail, all three versions of the mummy, so you guys can like look at him. But he's the one in black and white. And he has his hat on. And he comes in like saying, oh, I just knew where the tomb of this princess was. Yeah, he, he's like, I just happen to know. Like, really, really suspect. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, okay. It just It's buried here. And they're like, like, damn, like, you, we struck gold, man. Like, how did you know this? And we, we catch up with the chick named Helen. And she's like our protagonist, I guess. And she's explaining at some sort of Egyptian ball, I think, or some sort of party in Egypt. And they're explaining how uh, they're saying that, oh, yeah, she's she has Egyptian heritage or she was like the descendant of like an Egyptian princess or something. And she was like, oh, the glorious days of ancient Egypt. Ardith Bey, a.k.a. Imhotep, he using the scroll, he goes to the museum because that's where they put sarcophagus or something. And he starts reading off the scroll. He starts chanting or something. And then he does this a couple of times with the movie. And then Helen, like, falls under a trance because it's implied that she's, like, the reincarnated princess Anxanamen. And that's 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 the whole plot of this movie. He's trying to get the princess to, like, f- like realize her past lives and fall in love with him. He does that, like, three or four times. There's a time where he does it in the, in the museum when the lights are... They're closing down and they're like, hey, what are you doing here when the lights are off? And then the woman kills the guard. There's a really cool scene in here that I like in which... Emotep, I don't know what, how he got this fountain from, but like, I don't know if you remember, he's in, he's in front of like a fountain and he starts like waving his hands over it. And there's a guy who's like, he's like, I guess the bodyguard of Helen. Then like, he starts to like force choke him, like it's Star Wars, holding his hand over the pond or the little fountain. And then the guy's just like, the guy completely somewhere else is starting to choke. Yeah, <laughs> he, he uses the force to kill this guy. Yeah. He does that a couple times too, where he just like reaches into the fountain and the guy. Yeah, and it makes you, it makes you like, think. It, it kind of reminds you of those memes. It's like, uh, the movie if the main character had a gun. <laughs> it's just like a lot shorter. It's like why didn't he just do that to everybody? You know what? That is very well. He, one thing, uh, I'm gonna say it might be a hot take, maybe not. I'd say the mummy is probably the most powerful out of. All of the Universal monsters, especially I mean, the nineties guy, version. This guy can force choke somebody that's not even in the same room as him. Yeah, like this guy could take out like most of those monsters. Like, especially if we're looking at the nineties version of the Mummy, which can like literally create sandstorms and just do a bunch of like other shit. Like, times. like I, I didn't see Frankenstein force choking anybody. <laughs> yeah. What's Frankenstein gonna do? Shuffle over you and choke you? Do you just take yeah. out a gun and bust him down? Isn't that how they kill him? Uh no, in the classic Universal Monster movie, he's like he like he ends up in a windmill, I think. And the uh, villagers well, I mean, like, I guess I suppose we'll get to that point. <laughs> we'll yeah, get we, to that movie. Well one one of these days or one of these years we'll get to that movie eventually at one point helen accepts that you know what she might be the reincarnated princess just randomly she's like yeah i'm an egyptian princess it's like she okay it. <laughs> yeah it's like okay and um, there's a I really think... awkward romantic scene between her and one of the scientists oh yeah, yeah. and like her dad oh, walks yeah. in and he's just standing there while they're like <laughs> kissing passionately <laughs> Yeah, that's it's like it's completely silent too. You're just like, okay, how about you like, say something? And I'll just stand there. 
<laughs> like, is this supposed to be awkward the situation, or is it awkward because it's silent and they're like yeah. trying to remember what the script was? It comes to the climax uh, towards the ending where the mummy, in order to have the princess truly reincarnated, the past princess Anxanamen, he has to like stab her using this dagger. And it's in the museum room where the, the dead body of the princess is in the sarcophagus, I believe. And he's like, in order to complete the ritual, I must, like, kill you or something so that the princess may live. And that's at the last one where she's like, no, I need help. The end, the... Somewhere along the way, the guys, I think, like, her father and, like, the guy who likes Helen, they're trying to put together that, like, oh, no, yeah, like... Ardith Bay is Emotep, the mummy who like just disappeared ten years ago through yeah, flimsy is, logic. Living amongst us, through the flimsiest of logic, would you ever come to the conclusion that the guy who you know is the mummy who <laughs> who disappeared ten years ago? Never. The boys they enter the room where the princess Anxanamen sarcophagus is at, and Helen and Emotep. And they're like, oh, it's the scroll that gives them his power. And they throw the scroll into, like, the fire. And Emotep disintegrates into, like, a skeleton or something. Or he becomes a skeleton or dust or something. He gets Thanos. He gets snapped or something. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And the monster's taken care of, even though, like... Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. That, that's the Mummy movie. 1930s version. What were your thoughts of the movie, Alex? Or should I say that after we're done with all of them? I'm going to say that for when we're done with all of them. Yeah. Jumping quickly a couple of decades forward. <clears throat> We're going into the 90s now. Now, the there had been a couple modern versions of a couple of these monsters, such as Dracula. I think there's a 90s version of Dracula. Brom Stroker's Dracula. Might be wrong. Might be completely wrong. But there's been like a couple of modern versions of these monsters up to this point. But it, they really didn't hit. I'd say they really didn't hit gold until the 90s mummy movie. This is and, the one that everyone remembers. Yeah, this is this the is, one that everybody kind of, you know, you hear Mummy, you think this movie. This is, uh, this aspect of the franchise uh, is what the Universal Ride is based off of. The Return of the Mummy. And uh, it's one of, it's it's good at blending genre. Because there's, there's a lot of comedic moments in here that land. In most movies, like, you have comedic scenes that are like, okay, that was like. That shouldn't have been there, but yeah, it's and really this movie good. Just kind of, this movie also flowed really, really well. Oh, yes. Like, it, it yes. had a really good flow, good um, merging between, you know, the funny moments and the uh, more... The I mean, I wouldn't scenes. call it... Yeah, the action scenes. I wouldn't call this a horror movie. It's an action movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it's more action-based. There's, like, maybe, like, one or two scenes of horror where, like, the guy loses the glasses... Or, like, the little bug goes into, like, someone's body. But, like, other than that, like, it's more action-based. Oh it's a God, genre blender. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, one of the few things that doesn't age well, though, is the CGI, unfortunately. It's very much a product of its time. Hey, I'm listening to a Salem Station episode on the Mummy movies, and I want to watch a Mummy movie. Out of these three, which do you recommend? <laughs> the, this one, the 90s version, starring Brendan Fraser. And... The Mummy is Emotep, a modern version of the homeboy himself. It kind of does the the whole romantic storyline, but like not boring. Because uh, Emotep comes back, spoilers for that movie, the Mummy movie. Emotep comes back and he again thinks Evelyn is the name of the chick. He thinks that Evelyn is 
the reincarnated princess that he's just finding find. another random chick to <laughs> he's like this is my princess yeah. um but it, it doesn't feel as egregiously like bad not bad but boring i guess i don't know they, they have fun with this movie you can tell they have fun with this movie so uh in the beginning we're shown like a, like a little flashback emotep and uh some princess were having an affair because emotep was like a high priest and the princess was married i think to the pharaoh and yeah, so, so they were having like an affair a, yeah behind the back like you know yeah. it's supposed to be like really bad the pharaoh uncovers that affair and the princess kills the princess kills the pharaoh and like the pharaoh's guards come in and they kill the princess but emotep manages to escape emotep then uncovers the body of the dead princess keep in mind this is like in ancient egypt and he and his followers are trying to like bring back and revive the princess but then like the egyptian guards capture them and they say like they're doing un- this unholy ritual they uh decide to bury him alive the ritual of burying emotep alive they called it hamdai 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 something like that i think it's hamdai <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a certain ritual that they've never done before because there's nothing like ever like egregiously done in the history of ancient egypt but like this was the one thing that like crossed the line i guess so yeah emotep and Good old fashioned is buried alive. They pour like these scarabs in. These scarabs are honestly terrifying. Even though they look pretty bad with the CGI, they're terrifying, man. Like they can crawl into your skin and whatnot. They're flesh eaters, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay. And then it's established that there's this group called the Met. Honestly, this movie has so many characters, but I feel like all the characters stand out in their own little way. Because you have, like, the main character. You have Benji, who's, like, the little snivelly, snaky guy. And then you have, like, Evelyn and her brother. And then you have, like, the pirate Magi guys. Magi guys. I, for- I forget what the group is called. But the ma- the Magi, the Magi. I'm going to call them the the, ma- the Magi. The MacGuffin. The MacGuffin group, they establish the this, like, society <laughs> that protect and look over Emotep's tomb. Because they don't want anything ever reviving the evil that in this area of ancient Egypt. So let me cut to a couple, not a couple years later, thousands of years later to not modern day, but to the 20s. Because this movie takes place during that whole King Tut era. So this movie takes place in the 1920s, which is really cool because you got like old Jeeps and like this, again, as Alex said, the sense of wonder. Because what point in time do the Indiana Jones movies take place? Is it like World War II? Yeah, it's like World War Two because he fights the Nazis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he fights the Nazis in the last movie, so it's like World War Two, yeah. World War like before it. Yeah, and like that, those Indiana Jones movies have like a sense of one. At least when done right, <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. <laughs> uh, hey, I like right. that movie. <laughs> I mean, okay, the, the first. This is a little slight tangent. The first act is pretty good. And I'll give the second act, maybe. But that third act is just completely horrendous. I I don't know, man. Um, but this movie tries to capture like that sense of wonder. And so Rick O'Connell, who is our lead, our uh, wonderful lead, played by uh, Brendan Fraser, he is with his buddy, or frenemy Benji, who's this snivelly character. Would you be frenemy? The guy straight up abandoned him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they're they're fighting. They they have like a group of people, and they're fighting the the MacGuffin group. The MacGuffin group are trying to like get these people to run from this place because they're like, you can't trespass here. And and uh, <laughs> Rick O'Connell, Brendan, I'll just call him Brendan Fraser or Rick O'Connell, whichever. Um, he's like, oh Benji, give me back up, and Benji just straight up abandons. <laughs> and he's like, no nah, man, you're on your own. Yeah. And he so just... they, yeah. <laughs> And that's where they uh they capture Rick O'Connell. Or no, they don't. They let him live, right? Yeah, because they yeah. kill everyone and then Rick O'Connell like leaves. And yeah. they're like, we forgot one, should we go after him? And then the leader of the MacGuffin group is like, no, let's he can't get that far. Cut a couple of years later, we catch up with uh, a chick named Evelyn and her brother. Uh I forgot her brother's name, but she has a brother. And she works in a library and we've shown how like quirky she is because she like takes down all the shelves in the in the library. She's supposed to be your, you know, your typical quirky uh protagonist <laughs> and all that. Yeah. And uh her brother's like this goofy guy. The brother, he's like, Well, I the reason I'm here is because I have a little surprise for you, uh, sis. And he pulls out like this little box, and it's they call it a key. And it's this key that opens up and has like unique formation. They're like, oh, this key opens up something. What does it open up? Like, where'd you get this from? And he's like, oh, well, I got it from a guy. Um, and they're like, okay, well, let's go see the guy and let's try to try to see where this lead goes. Let's track this lead down. And they go to find it. It was Rick O'Connell who gave it to him. And but where they find Rick O'Connell is the uh, it. Let's just say it's in a bad situation. He is said to be hung in a couple hours. Probably it's some definitely, crime. Definitely not ideal. Rick O'Connell's, uh, he's a, I don't have any fucks to give kind of guy. He mentioned, though, no, he mentions a name called, it's the name of Hamunaptra. Hamun, I'm going to butcher this. Hamunaptra. <laughs> Hamunaptra. Don't worry too much about it. <laughs> and it's this, it's this place where, where Imhotep is at, or the bodies, dispose of the bodies, and this this place that no one's visited in like thousands of years, and it's heavily guarded by the MacGuffin group. And she is like, well, like that place is like said to, that's like Atlantis, you know. It's people know about it, but like it doesn't really exist. And he's like, no, yeah, like that's where the key, that's where the key is from, and that's where the key leads to. And then she's like, oh shoot, like and he lead us there, and he's like, I don't know if you know this lady, but I'm about to get hung in a couple hours or so. Like there's like a warrant on my head. <laughs> yeah, he's like, please. They proceed and they have him on like the little, I don't know, the standard they hang people. And then she's like bribing the guy who's like, I, I guess the, the warden, the gallows. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. And yeah, that's right. That's called the gallows. I only, I always forget the name of it. But every time I hear the word, I get reminded of. There's a movie called The Gallows, and it's huh, about a yeah. guy who got hung. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll give you this certain amount if you release him. And he's like, No, hang him. And then they like pull the lever and he falls but he his neck didn't snap so he's like oh good you'll see him choke to death even more painful and she was like i'll give you this amount if like basically if you... bartering for his life as he's hanging <laughs> yeah. and then she's like i mean he he knows where hamunaptra is at you can get us there and you can get like half of the things and the treasures that are. he's like oh oh really all right cut him loose cut him loose like he can lead us to oh, yeah no and they barter and then like there's you know a quirky thing she eat they're bartering 50%, 40%, and then he tries to get her, you know, pull the old Bugs Bunny, 30%. She's like, deal. And he's like, fuck, cut him down. And they cut him down. Yeah. 
And it's just yeah, funny because they're bartering <laughs> as he's sitting, like, glow, going blue in the face. Just like, please, please. Yeah, it's funny because uh, she's like, they're like, what was it, like, 10%? No, and they go back and forth. And at one point, she's like, 30%. And he's like, 25%. And she's like, got it. Got oh, yeah, that's what it you. was, yeah. Yeah, and then so, like, Rick O'Connell then, he's on his way to, to the land of Hamunaptra. And so the guy... The guy who's like the owner of that. I don't know if it's like a prison cell, but the guy who made like the bartering, he go. It's him, Evelyn, Rick O'Connell, and Evelyn's brother. So those four, right? They're they're going and they have like their guards and their people, and they're going on a on like a steamboat and they're heading down the Nile to Hamunaptra. <laughs> heading down place. the Nile, and and it turns out that on the boat is Benji himself, the sniveling. Frenemy, I guess, from the beginning. <laughs> you were going to say something else. <laughs> yeah, but this little backstabbing bastard. Yeah, here he's he is. On the boat. And he he himself brought a crew. This is crew of Americans. Because uh, and they're like, oh, we'll see who gets there first, the Englishmen or the Americans. And it's like a back and forth. They're like, now we will be the first to get to Hamanaptra. So what I like about this movie is that you got these two groups, but then unbeknownst to them. You got a third group going aboard the ship. It's the MacGuffin group. They're like, oh, fuck, we got two groups going to Hamanaptra. And so they try to, like, burn down the boat. They, like, try to, like, they kill a bunch of people on the boat. But most of them, at least the characters we care about, manage to make it off. They both eventually arrive at Hamanaptra. They try to have a dick measuring competition. But there's more Americans (laughs) than there are uh, Rick O'Connell's homies. And so they're like forced to dig somewhere else, and they're digging under this statue. I think it's of Anubis. I don't know. I don't know my Egyptian mythology, but uh, Anubis. I think I'm gonna say Anubis because the only guy I know. And they uncover, just like in the original, there's two things that are uncovered from the tomb of Imhotep. There's a box, but they don't find the box. The Americans find the box. What they find is the sarcophagus itself. Well. They don't find it. They they accidentally find it. Do you remember how they find it? They I think they're trying to find the sarcophagus, and they're like, "Well, it has to be around here somewhere." And Evelyn's brother is playing golf, and he just <laughs> oh like, yeah, <laughs> he hits he hits the ball and just knocks something over, and the tomb just falls straight down in front of him. Like right on yeah, the he was just like, messing around. It's like oh, there it is. Oh, and they're, yeah. and they're talking about, like, they're, like, fucking Americans. No offense. <laughs> the guys yeah, are right no, there. Yeah, no offense. Eric O'Connell's like, none But taken. it's the most roundabout way. They open it up, and it's the mummified corpse of Imhotep. Like, he's, like, he's ancient. He's mummified. It's what you would expect from the mummy. But he's not moving because he's dead. Thousands of years old. But the yeah. Americans uncover the... As you can the, assume. Uh, yeah. The Americans uncover the box. And again, on the box, it's all just ye whoever opens it up gets cursed or whatnot. What do they do? They uncover it. And that's where they find, where in the original, they find the scrolls. And here they find the Book of the Dead. No, not the Evil Dead Book of the Dead. It's a different Book of the Dead. And it's got this little key hole shaped thing, which it's the key that Evelyn's brother has. When they're all sleeping at night, uh, Evelyn goes over to like where the Americans are sleeping and she steals the book. She puts the key on it, opens it up, 
and then starts reading from it. And they're like, are you sure it's, it's a good thing you should be reading from it? Nothing good ever comes from something like that. And then you zoom in on the mummy and he like screeches. Like the, the mummified corpse starts like moving around and whatnot and twitching. And one of the American guys is like, no, you shouldn't have read that. Like, you've damned us all. <laughs> you've cursed us all. She yeah. read from the book of death. And then and it's like, like, this like is a fine. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. It's only called the book of the dead. What's the and worst like that this... can happen? <laughs> yeah. And then you see this wave like off in the distance getting closer and closer. And it's like this. What are they? Grasshoppers, I think. They run into the tomb. And because like these grasshoppers are just invading and they're like eating at everything and one of the americans was like oh no like we've uncovered something unholy and as they run downstairs one of the guy actually who was bartering for uh rick o'connell's life the guy who brought him the guy who i guess funded the whole expedition he's he comes across this little uh this wall that has like gold encrusted scarabs and he's like picking them off like one by one and he's like, this will be a fortune. And then uh, we see him pick out one and one of them falls. And then like inside that little jewel, there's an actual scarab and it comes out. And it goes into his shoe. And then we see him like start to get uncomfortable. Like, what the hell? Oh, God. And then, we see and then him crawl just up. one of the most horrific scenes in this movie yeah. crawls up uh, through his skin. And it's just him screaming. Yeah, and he's like God. trying to pick at his own skin and, and then it like, goes in his face in his eyes it's like oh, yeah God. yeah that's disgusting i honestly that was pretty horrifying there's like little moments like that where it's like that's pretty terrifying and that's just to show us what these scabs can do evelyn she comes across she comes eventually comes across emotep and he's like looking at her and he's like saying like oh you're like you the princess <laughs> well in his own language i don't know what Egypt, ancient Egyptian sounds like, but he's like basically like saying that you are like my princess reincarnated. The guy I mentioned before, the guy with the glasses, he pulls a Velma where he's running. I think he trips, drops his glasses, and then Benji, <laughs> he's asking for help because like I think he dropped his torch and the torch went out. I might be wrong, but he's like he can't see shit and he's like like help me, help me, and everyone just everyone is already gone. And then Benji is running behind him. And he's like, help me, help me. And what does Benji do? He like smashes his glasses. He just steps on him, leaves him for dead. And then uh, we see what uh, happens to that guy. Uh, he comes across the mummy in a pretty, again, another horrifying scene. And then we hear his screams. Don't worry, we'll see what happens to him. And the, the way they escape is the MacGuffin team. The MacGuffin team, uh, I guess, realizes that they've reached Hamunaptra and they're like, you guys have unleashed this unholy thing. <laughs> you guys have unleashed literal hell on Earth. Literally what we've been avoiding this for centuries is you guys just undid in like a couple seconds. Benji, <laughs> I seen this really funny. I guess it would be offensive to some people, but I thought it was pretty funny. Benji comes across the mummy and the mummy's like starting to corner him. And <laughs> he pulls out a cross and he starts like praying. Like, I guess christian prayers and he's like no no that doesn't work and he starts pulling out like i guess like a hebrew symbol and he starts praying in like hebrew and he's like no no that doesn't work either and he, starts, he pulls out like uh like the yin yang symbol and he starts praying in chinese he's like that one's not working either which god of that religion is gonna work to help me i don't know <laughs> but he pulls up ends up pulling a a symbol i forget which symbol it was and what i think it was it, it was a jewish oh symbol yeah yeah, yeah. 
And then he so starts speaking. Mummy... Yeah, he starts speaking Jewish. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, the language of the slaves," because like, I guess. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, he, he he pulls out. I think, I think it was the Jewish star, and he starts speaking Jewish, and they're like, "Oh, the language of the slaves." Mm-hmm. And, and that's that basically what... saves his life. He's like, "Hmm, maybe you will have use for me, or maybe yeah. uh, I will have use for you." Yeah, and so Benji becomes his like, his right hand guy, I guess. Just in order, yeah, Benji becomes his right hand guy. And so the mummy uses Benji for his nefarious purposes. The whole gang, the whole nine yards, they uh, come across, uh, and a couple of the Americans, I think, who escaped with them, they go to like this area. I think it's downtown Cairo or something. I might be wrong. It's probably Cairo. And they're they're at like this pub, and they're drinking, and they're like, like we're way in over our heads. We gotta leave as soon as we can. And then all the liquids that they're drinking, the beer, the alcohol, begins to turn to blood. The fountain... The water that it's spewing turns red. And they mention like, oh, like uh, the Nile. They mentioned that one of the curses was that the Nile would run would run red with blood. At another place of downtown Cairo, we see Imhotep. He has like this scary mask on. He, he looks like Voldemort, I guess, but with the mask on. He has like this black robe. And Benji's there and Benji's talking to the guy, the guy with no glasses, who now has no eyes because Imhotep has taken his eyes. He's like, oh, uh, my lord here uh, requires um, further sustenance from you. And the guy with no eyes now, he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, what he requires are like your organs and your skin and your flesh. And so what Imhotep uh, does is uh, when he takes his victims, he like reconstitutes his body. So the more like people he kills, more flesh and bone he becomes. There's a cat there who's like running across the piano and Imhotep sees the cat and he like turns into dust and mist and he like vanishes the premises and they're like, oh, that cat just like made him get scared and go away. And it's because cats are regarded as the guardians of the underworld and through the Book of the Dead, he managed to escape the underworld. So I guess he doesn't want to be caught. I think Evelyn's brother's like, guys, guys, come check outside. Like there's a mob out there and they come and they look and there's a bunch of like people who I guess are native to the Egyptian land, they have, there's, Emotep has basically created a following by like hypnotizing them or taking over, con- taking control of their wills. Because he's like this ultimate being, he, essentially. He, this is what I mean by like the mummy is like the most powerful monster out of all. Like this guy literally just made his own army. Like out of, in a couple of like minutes. And there's these people chanting like, Emotep, Emotep. And they're surrounding the building and they're like, fuck, what, what do we do? And so they go into their own car. They go into like the little old car and they start driving through the city trying to escape this uh, group. They eventually, I think, crash or something. And then Emotep arrives and he's like, hand me the princess and you guys will be safe. They, Evelyn is like, all right, I'll just walk over to him. And Emotep escapes with Evelyn. And they come across some like World War One guy who was like, oh, yes. I fought in the war, the Great War, and I was a pilot. And they established, like, he's, like, one of the best pilots ever. And he's like, I've yet to have a sense of adventure. And they're like, all righty, old man, well, we got one for you. We Can you take us to this place? And they, they're like, it's Hamanopter. And the old man's like, oh, well, yes, I'll take you there. And so uh, it's Rick O'Connell, Evelyn's brother, and the leader of the MacGuffin group. They're on the plane, and they're starting to head their making their way downtown to Hamanatra. And that's where Imhotep notices them. And that 
one of the iconic scenes is where he conjures up like a sandstorm with his face in it. He's like trying to chase the plane, you know, with and his uh, mommy shenanigans and all that. Yeah, but they arrived to Hamanapura. <laughs> they died, but they lived. And so Imhotep is there with Evelyn and Benji. He has uh, Evelyn laid down next to the the uncovered uh, to the dead body of the princess. Yeah. And he's like, in order to, I again, same as the last film, I have to kill you in order to bring the princess back or something like that. And he uses a dagger and he does some rituals and the, the mummified body of the princess does come to life around, but he's like, I have to kill Evelyn in order to like restore her to her, like to her what she soul? once was. Like release, release her yeah. soul essentially. Something like that. Rick O'Connell and the gang show up and it's this giant action sequence. Imhotep conjures up some of his like mummified warriors. They uncover the book of Raw. I think that's the guy's name, the Book of Ra, and they're like, "Oh, if you read like the chants from the, it's like the opposite of the Book of the Dead." So I guess Book I of think, the Living. I think Ra is the god of the sun. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess that would be like the opposite of like death and darkness. I guess. I was, uh, oh my god, I was right. Yeah, no, Ra. Oh. He's uh, Ra, also known as Amun Ra. He's a he's the most important god in ancient Egypt. He was considered the god of the sun. He has the owl face. I think he's also oh. in League of Legends. Oh, uh, he's in some yeah, and, game. I forget what game it is. And yeah, and so that's where Evelyn's brother reads the, like I guess the pages from the book of Amun Ra or Ra, and he uses the mummy's warriors to uh, turn around and stab the mummified corpse of the princess. And so the princess dies <laughs> in front of Imhotep. <laughs> Just straight, he's like, no. Yeah. They read another scripture from the book of Amun Ra and the mummy becomes, Imhotep becomes mortal again until they just stab him. And they send <laughs> they him into yeah. this. Yeah, they, they drop send him, into, him this... into the shadow room. <laughs> yeah, he falls in like this pool of CGI. It's very bad CGI. But I give and this the movie whole... a pass. Yeah, I'll give this movie a pass. It's not its fault that the CGI is dated. It's just a product of its time. Um, yeah. And this whole time, Benji who, you know, was brought there with the mummy. He, uh, he's been loading up some camels with, like, gold. And he's about yeah, to leave. Yeah, because he's, he's like, a piece of shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's about to leave. He's like, I could do a little more gold. So he goes back in, and then everything's collapsing. And Rick O'Connell, uh, Evelyn's brother, and Evelyn. I'm sorry if I keep calling him Evelyn's brother. I don't know what his goddamn name is. The three of them escape. Oh, and the, I think the, the leader of the MacGuffin group, the four of them, they escape. And Benji's like, oh, like, help me escape, help me escape. But he doesn't make it in time. And he's there in the room of gold. And he's like, well, I got all these treasures with me. At least I can live with that. But then the scarabs come out and like, go on him. And... It's the end of old Benji. It's the end of good old Benji. He becomes nothing but bones because the scarabs eat him up alive. And then so um, before of them... to think about. Yes, yeah, very hard. And still, scarabs are one of the scariest things from this 90s mummy franchise and then the four of them leave and they're like man we left with like nothing no book of the dead no like sarcophagus no mummy and it's like we have hey nothing. at least you got your fucking life Maybe, well it's ironic because they're like well we leave with nothing and the camels they're on are the camels that benji had loaded up with gold but they don't know that they're full of gold yet <laughs> so unbeknownst to them they're leaving hamunapta with like probably billions of dollars or millions in their case, because well, like it was the 1920s. Yeah, yeah they're gonna be rich. They're like, we leave with nothing, and there's like a little glimmer in the pockets of the 
pouches that the camels are carrying. And the camel like, oh. winks at the camera. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't wink at the camera. <laughs> but he should have winked at the camera. Yeah. Happy ending. You know what doesn't have an happy ending, Alex? The next movie. Us. Oh. Uh, yes, us. Oh. Uh, well, yes. But also the next movie. Now, we're not going to go as in-depth into this one. Oh, no. One, no. one, we didn't really watch it. No, I don't think anybody really watched this fucking movie. Uh, and two, we just don't want to. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. it's it's uh, enough of you have probably seen it. It's yeah, uh, it's kind of anything, I will, it, it'll be like brief points. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I, mean, I she, mean, if anything, I mean, you guys kind of got the story by now. You know, mummy, mummy live, mummy fight, mummy die, mummy, mummy set up for a second, mummy needs sequel. You know. <laughs> Mummy yeah. trying to get his dick wet after thousands of years sleeping. Well, it's the same actually, story. A little, Ta- a it's a tale as old as time. A little caveat on that. It's not a Quite guy, it. though. Caveat. Sorry. It's a oh, chick. yeah. I completely forgot. It's a chick. Yeah, it's a chick. And then she's so, yeah, covered in of... bandages a little bit. So kind of a yeah. callback. A bit. But I think they only do that to cover up, you know, necessary parts. Because... In the nineties, Emotep was like oh, shirtless. That's true. I didn't think you about that. Emotep is like shirtless. You know, he's like he's practically naked except for like a little diaper he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's why they have her covered in bandages, you know. But essentially, really quickly, uh what's her name? Amanet. It's not a uh Emotep the priest, it's Amanet. She was about to be given control of Egypt, but then, like, her father had a child, and so it was a son, and she knew that the son was going to get power, so she killed the baby, killed the mom, killed the pharaoh, buried alive, you the whole chagrin, you know how this story goes. They uncover the tomb, Thomas Thomas Cruz, Thomas Cruz uncovers the tomb unknowingly. He's the one who opens up the sarcophagus, or rather unleashes it. Uh, There's a curse on him where he is connected to her. She comes, she's mummified, but she regains her physical form, kind of what Emotep does by like killing people. You know, it's the same thing. Same thing. She has mummified followers. The whole nine yards. The only thing that's different, though, is that like Thomas Cruz, he can see his dead friend, or like his dead friend's following him around, like, you killed me, man. They we're going to cover this in a couple, not in a couple episodes, far from here. Uh, The movie American Werewolf. In, of London, American Werewolf in London and Pet Cemetery do that where like the victim is dead, but like some people can see him. And like as the movie progresses, like the guy's just decaying because he's dead. It's not done to the fashion of either of those two movies. Those movies do it way better. Mummy's defeated. The thing that I would say makes this movie maybe stand out is their bold move at trying to establish a universe because the prior mummy movies are their own thing they don't set up anything else they end up on a happy note this one half of the movie there's they're at the halfway point where they are then shoehorning things in for instance they uh there's this group who captures uh this is the scene where like Amunet's chained up and the group who captured her and chained her up, they're called Prodigium, I think, or something like that. The director of it, it's basically S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> from the yeah. Marvel movies. I, the again, they're trying, of... you, gotta, you gotta think, 
um, the entire point of this movie was to set up the new universe. So yeah. kind of pull what this was. This was during the time of Marvel, like the beginning yeah. of Marvel, and everyone was kind of you know trying to trying to get on that. So it, yeah. they were trying to be what Iron Man was to the Marvel Cinematic Marvel, Universe. Yeah. Only they did it much worse. <laughs> yeah. And it's like so evidently what they were trying to build. Like, oh my God. Because the director, it's not Nick Fury. It's a known monster that some of y'all know. Do- uh, Dr. Jekyll, who sometimes turns into Mr. Hyde, played by Russell Crowe. He's like Two-Faced, but like monstrous. He's a director and we see him constantly having to inject himself to like not become the monster which like does he get sleep because it seems like he has to inject himself like every 30 minutes there's no way he can sleep for more than 30 minutes oh that's true mr hyde but anyways hmm. um it's a movie yeah. it's not a good movie yeah, it's a, so i don't think and it's not a good movie what the hell they didn't throw logic into the movie why should i and they like try to establish like oh there's other monsters in this universe there's a scene just full of Easter eggs where they're taking Thomas Cruise through some aisles and there's like a little jar and it has the hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon, which they've, I think, remade all the monster movies. Like they've done Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Dracula and Mummy. But I don't think I've ever seen a remake of the creature from the Black Lagoon. I would like to see that. Done well, though. Done well. Not with this. Not like this. But they have a jar with the hand of the creature of the Black Lagoon. And they have the skull of a vampire. Oh, Dracula. Because you got the little fangs sticking out on that skull. Just a hint. There's more monsters out there. But, like, if they're done in this fashion, I don't care, man. This movie's whack. It's just whack, bro. Oh, and there's an Easter egg to people who like the original the original the 90s version of the mummy because there's a scene where like they see the book of the dead i don't know if you remember like the book of the dead is just there but like the little the little star-shaped thing for the i'm be real with you i don't remember much of this movie (laughs) yeah i don't blame you but you know you you all know the movie you all know the story yeah if you're listening this long into the podcast you you have a pretty good idea of mummy movies overall yeah it's yeah mummy's dead because that's a lie he has a curse brings a curse with him and they save but what sets this one apart is that they tried so hard to establish what they call the dark universe <laughs> you know it's funny dude they were so hyped they were so full of themselves dude so much like just i don't know what they were drinking man but they were so like hyped they were hy- they were their own hype man dude they were like dude this movie movie's gonna make bank we got a-list people thomas cruise is gonna be in the mummy movie they had cast i believe uh, Angelina Jolie as the Bride of Frankenstein and Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man because those are the next movies. They're going to make uh, Bride of Frankenstein and uh, Invisible Man. And they, they were casting people. They have this picture of like all of them there and they're like, this is our monsters, guys. And <laughs> then know, it just crashed and burned. <laughs> Dude, that ship just... The ship sailed and it sunk. But now they're starting... Anywhere. Luckily, they're actually starting to revive it again with the Invisible Man kind of testing the waters again. So yes. there may be hope. Well, there may be hope. Yes. What? So, okay. So let's talk about the legacy of each of these films really quickly, or rather, the lack of legacy for one of them. Uh, really quickly. Uh, you know what? Let me look this up because I didn't look it up earlier. 
The Mummy sequels. So, uh, I didn't do any any research on the legacy of these movies, but or for the original Mummy movie, it does have sequels. All the original Universal Monster movies have sequels. There's like 30 Wolfman movies, 30 Frankenstein movies, 30 Dracula movies. This one has sequels, um, but it's saying that there's no like official sequel because these movies aren't, they don't follow the story of Emotep. They follow the story of a different mummy. The movies are called The Mummy's Hand, which came out in 1940, The Mummy's Tomb, 1942, The Mummy's Ghost, 1944, and The Mummy's Cursed, which came out that same year. That's strange that there's, yeah. Um, Those are the sequels for that Mummy movie. Obviously, the legacy is much greater because The Mummy has cemented itself in, to culture as like an iconic monster. Everyone knows the monster. You bring up The Mummy, everyone knows who that guy is. Or Chick yeah. now. The 1990s version of The Mummy also has a legacy. Hold on, let's see. So immediately off of the success of the mummy obviously what you're gonna get is the mummy 2 or i think it's called the i think it's either the return of the mummy or the revenge of the mummy i don't remember much from it you know what i do remember from that movie alex though the scorpion king played by none other than dwayne the rock johnson (laughs) dwayne the rock johnson the man himself uh, we all know what the Scorpion King looks like. It's just somehow the CGI in that one looks worse than the CGI. In, probably because they didn't use a lot of CGI in this first movie. But the CGI in that second movie is yikes. Now, if you're watching, if for some reason you're like, I want to watch the 1990s Mummy movie franchise. There's two, way, there's two ways you can go after watching The Mummy Returns. You can either go on to The Mummy 3 <laughs> Or you can watch the, <laughs> I should you not, the Scorpion King movies. Because right after, because again, I think I think the second movie movie was also successful. They made the Scorpion King movie, then they made the Scorpion King Two: Rise of a Warrior, <laughs> the Scorpion King Three: Battle for Redemption, Scorpion King Four: Quest for Power. That fourth one came out 2015. Astonishing, dude. I think The Rock only was in... I think he was only in that first Scorpion King movie. And that's I probably can't why imagine. he has a career today. Because he dropped out. Because <laughs> he knew. Yeah, he knew that the <laughs> Scorpion King sucked. The Mummy 3. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Which I've seen like a while back. And I remember it being meh at best but i like the concept the concept is really good so instead of uh going back to ancient egypt lore ancient egyptian lore and exploring that what they go they go to uh china i think and they uh the terracotta you know those terracotta soldiers that they like uncover uh those are like uh army of some emperor the dragon emperor's title says and so he's the mummy uh he's brought again the whole you know the whole you know how these movies go he's brought back to life he raises his army of terracotta soldiers i think and i remember there being yetis in the movie i think i think there's yetis in the movie but either way there's a bunch of mummy shenanigans but it's in china this time and they use ancient chinese lore and i think there's like samurais in it i don't know if that's right but i remember there being a lady with like a sword 
this movie wasn't successful. <laughs> but if there was plans on maybe making a fourth one. I'm pretty sure those are dead, though. So they, they had plans. And I really like this idea of going to other cultures for the Mummy movie. True. Uh, but the Mummy 3 did bad, so they didn't. I, maybe it did good. I don't know. But they weren't inspired to make a fourth one. The fourth one was called uh, The Mummy 4, Rise of the Aztec. So they would have gone to a different kind of pyramid, you know, like uh, an Ast- obviously Aztec pyramids and some sort of like, uh, I don't know, maybe they uncover some some tomb down in Mexico or something and they uncover a mummy, probably the same, the same thing over again, they uncover a mummy, but this time it's like in the jungles or I don't know. First sequels, all right, but the Scorpion King movies and the Mummy Three, they ain't it, Chief. No. Nah. And uh, as we said, I would the say mummy... the only the only good Mummy movie is the the nineties one, the first one in the series. I mean, the rest of them pretty cool. Um, yeah, but it's like but the, the best same one. Thing. My my heart definitely yeah. goes to the the second one, the the first nineties yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the two thousand seventeen version of the Mummy, as we said, has no legacy. But I think that's for the best because we did end up getting a good universal yeah, monster. They should definitely now, leave it. The reason this mummy movie, because this mummy movie, I think, leaves all of the horror aspects behind. And it's in part, even though the 90s version of the mummy movie is really good, it's kind of that the fault of that movie that if you if you look, if you make a board, and you make all the all the Universal Monster movies before that movie, and the ones after that, the ones before that are like horror based, and the ones after that are all action because of how successful that movie was. All of the Universal Monster movies after that are just action, and they're yeah. like. But I've seen a couple of those monster movies where it's these giant stakes, the world's ending events, and they're bad. I've seen I Frankenstein. Oh, that's true. If you've seen I Frankenstein, that's a modern version of Frankenstein, but it's like on a huge scale. And I remember, I think there's a machine where like there's these bodies tied up to, and it's like there's like electricity everywhere and everything. I remember that one being weird. Like <laughs> this ain't my father's, this ain't your mom's Frankenstein. Dracula Untold was this like warrior like movie. Some people like it, I guess. I didn't like it though, but it's like the origin of Dracula, and this is just giant war movie. Where it's like Dracula's, it's a prequel to Dracula and hits his origin story. And it, again, it's just, just, there's no horror in it. It's just this giant action movie. And then they did that to all of their monsters, just big, bombastic action sequences. Then they came to this one. And this one, thank God it crashed and failed. Because then they could go back to the horror roots with The Invisible Man, which I really like. Did Have you seen it? Honestly, yeah. We watched it together. Oh yeah, that's right. It was it was a great movie. It was a great return to form. Can't wait till we cover uh the Invisible Man. It's on the list, right? Invisible Man. Uh both versions. Yeah. Can't wait till we can cover that. Go more in depth into it. Great yes. return to form. Uh I don't know if they should go with the same I don't know if they can make like Frankenstein scary. I don't yeah, know. I think it depends on the monster. The werewolf probably. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. We'll see. Because like I could see I can see the Wolfman and Dracula as monsters as scary, right? Yeah. Uh, 
creature from the black lagoon i don't know about that one man i think you gotta go maybe action a little good jaws go down the jaws route with that one maybe i don't know i'm saying that now i might hate myself later if they do something like that and it turns out to be horrendous but i think it depends on the monster but yeah i'm glad that like they went and and small scale i should stop gushing about the invisible man uh the mummy we got a boring one a really good one and uh boring one back to boring back to yes i promise alex we will cover these the rest of the original universal monsters they're not better. all boring there's all well there's one that's a little boring to me some people say it's really good it's it's coming up soon uh slight hint it's the book i'm reading but that won't be to like another couple episodes uh, but next movie, next movie is much, I already said in the beginning, it's much older than this. It's a silent film. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I slept through parts of the movie when I first saw it. So, and it's, it's like an hour and so long. It's pretty, pretty long. You guys can probably look up old silent film horror movies and try to guess what it is. Guess which know. one it is. Don't waste your time. Hopefully it's more exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's rated higher than this like one. It. So, yes. Not much higher. It's like one notch above, but you know, I like it for its imagery. It looks cool, but it's at a snail's pace. Not as bad as this, though. I think. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen it in a while, so I might, but might I might pull a hills have eyes and be like, this actually should be lower. Who knows? That's it, folks. God, I don't want it. No more mummies, please. No more. God, this sucks. Uh, sorry for the delay in these episodes again. I say this every we say this every episode. There's always a delay, but uh, we're kind of busy with our lives right now. You know what's funny? Yeah. I was like, I have I have more free time now that I don't have my job anymore. But uh, that's not true. School is a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nene, it's time to close the episode now. It's time to end it. Pack it up, Nene. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, my uh, back at my old job at the depot. Uh, our our HR person would always say Nene when addressing us. So huh. sorry for making you feel uncomfortable, but I need to make that a running gag throughout these episodes. Do it. But yeah, time to close it up, Nene. We gotta pack it up. Uh, that's the end of our episode. Uh, I'm your co-host, Robert. Sorry for this. Sorry for sounding on so uninterested during this, but I honestly... It's alright. I was uninterested yeah. too, and I'm your co-host, Alex. Yeah, and let's just wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up in bandages. Sorry. Uh, and see y'all in the witching hour. Bye. See you guys next week. I promise it'll be better. I, oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 uh. We say next week. You'll see. What up? Alex, if this does not come out next week, you owe me big time. You owe me money. This is not, not next week. Why?